This is a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. Find us at k103.se. Due to copyright, the music is shortened. Oh my god, we're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Useless. <laughs> Let's try this again. Thank god this isn't live. Hello, hello again. This is the show about nothing and we are on Gothenburg Student Radio and you are tuned into the girls only episode. Welcome. I want to do a little disclaimer in the beginning that all the guys that now think they don't need to stick around, please do, because this is not only for girls, it's just made by girls. And there's some important topic and content coming up. So stick around. We also want to do a little trigger warning that we're going to be talking about <laughs> murder and sexual assault. So for anyone who doesn't feel comfortable listening to this sort of stuff, uh, you're now warned and uh, consider switching off or stick around because uh, it's still going to be interesting. We will be talking about a social media movement that went sort of viral in the last uh, weeks. It is the issue of women feeling unsafe in public, especially when walking home at night. And we're going to be using the story of Sarah Everett, that is uh, a woman that recently disappeared in South London when she was on her way home from a friend. And yeah, she was later, unfortunately, found dead. And they are researching the case at the moment. So we will kind of be picking up on this as girls talking about other issues around women's well-being in society and uh, hopefully find some good recommendations to give to all of you out there to either feel more safe or to just, you know, raise a little bit of awareness about this topic. I am, as usually, joined by my lovely co-host, Fatima. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> and uh, so we're having a little bit of the usual in the studio, Fatima and me. Marie, I'm your moderator today. And then we also mixed up with a little bit of new voices here. In front of me, I have Alexandra. He's, uh, he is, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> the wrong pronoun, sorry. Um, she's joining us as a guest today. Welcome to the studio. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's really cool. Thank yeah, you for we're coming. We're really, really glad to have you on board. Are you excited for your first recording? Uh, yeah, excited. Maybe a little bit nervous. Haven't really done this before. So, but yeah, it's also a very interesting topic um, to talk about. So, yeah, I'm cool. excited. I'm really happy you say that. I think it's really nice that we got three like three women here today that maybe have some different takes as well on the topics. Maybe we have something in common. We'll get to that. Yeah, I, I haven't told you, but w I'm one yeah. of those, uh, what are they called? The guys that uh, hate women. Yeah. Ah, okay. I'm an incel. I haven't told you, but I'm ah, an incel. Okay, yeah. you've been yeah. hiding that yeah. well, though. So <laughs> we have also an incel perspective today. It's always <laughs> talking good, about you know, different perspectives. Inviting the other side is yeah. you know important <laughs> to have a good exchange on the topic. Um, yeah, I want to give a last uh, teaser as well before we get into some first music. Um, we will be later on joined by our friend Belen. Um, she is a special guest and caller today. She will be uh, hooked into the microphones from far away northern Sweden, Umeå, and she will be giving her insights as a feminist that's really burning for the cause. So we can't wait to have her on. And right now, get yourself a glass of water, a cup of tea. 
We are talking about the female perspective on women's security in society. We are today joined by Alexandra, our guest, and we'll be later having a special caller coming all the way from northern Sweden. But yeah, uh, welcome back, girls. Um, thank you, thank, thank you, you, thank you. Uh, I just wanted to fill all our listeners in about the situation. Yeah, we, we said we're going to be talking about the case of Sarah Everard that disappeared and was murdered last week. She disappeared on the 3rd of March and then she was found dead later. So we don't really know yet. But uh, we are uh, looking to our neighbors in the UK where unfortunately this girl, uh, Sarah, disappeared. She was a 33-year-old that just visited a friend. And then by like the evening... Around 9.30, she decided to walk home and she took actually a safe road that was well lit. There was uh, lights everywhere. She talked to her boyfriend for a while. There were certain like door cameras by neighbors that actually like caught footage of her. So for a long while, she was actually like still following the normal path, but she never made it home. And uh, a few days after she had gone missing... Her bodily remains were then found elsewhere. And at the moment, there's a police officer that is accused of her yeah, kidnapping and a murder. And the actual thing that we're going to be kind of looking at today is that after that happens, there were certain hashtags that began trending. So, for example, the hashtag text me when you get home, hashtag not all men, but all women. And uh, women around the world started resharing a picture of an unread WhatsApp message that said, text me when you get home on social media channels. And they fueled a huge international debate on the topic of women feeling unsafe when walking home at night. And as I am joined by two other women in the studio, I would first like to ask, um, did you come across that uh, topic or that special case of Sarah? And uh, Where did you see or hear about it first? Um, I think I saw it on the Instagram story somewhere mm -hmm. or maybe on Reddit. I don't really remember, but it was, I mean, it was kind of everywhere. So it was yeah. kind of hard to miss it. And I don't think it was really like um, news uh, until you, until they, find, they found her body. Um, I think, I mean, people maybe were still hoping that she would be found somewhere, but yeah. Mm. And also, I, I also saw the hashtags you're talking about, mm. and my friends also shared that. And I actually didn't know it was connected to that, but before you mentioned yeah. it right now, actually, but yeah, I had a hunch. Um, mm. But yeah, it was really hard to miss, I guess. It was. It, uh, it happened to me the same way. Like, before I actually knew about the case, I found it on social media, and it always happens to me that you find this, like, reshared pictures, and you're like, oh, something must be going on, mm. so then you maybe actually do the research and, like, find what is happening there. It's interesting, because um, I didn't actually, uh, I haven't seen all these hashtags, because I've been sort of, not uh, not consciously being been on, like, a social media cleanse, but uh, I've been doing a lot of things, and when I get stressed, my phone is sort of... Uh, another cause of stress so I sort mm. of put it away for a bit but I did actually hear about the the case of Sarah Everard and and um, the police officer being accused uh, when listening to the radio so I heard it on another uh, radio station but I did not know about the social media um, yeah. frenzy would be the wrong word but like the the effect of the social media and And it's also interesting because I actually, like, I listened to the radio news. It was, like, on the news. So it feels like I should, like, news are the source of things, like, that tell you things that happen in the world. Mm -hmm. But this seems like a really important thing and it wasn't a part of it. It feels like people really get 
like this knowledge and also the force of social media like has been completely put aside in this like from where i got the info did you guys understand yeah 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 it was a bit unclear but yeah it is interesting i think it's actually um very interesting how there is so much power in in you know the voice of you know individuals like women in society that usually maybe don't have uh, you know a microphone or they're not working at the radio or they're Mm. not being interviewed Mm. but then since we all have social media we Mm. kind of have our own platform where we then can jump on those things and share our stories and i believe that there's probably women sharing their stories on that topic but it becomes so much more powerful when there's actually you know a cause that you can connect it to so one might be you know using the sloppy words of saying i was just another woman like in the uk but like now international international public and like in all women around the world are really using that and i think it's really great and that's why we also decided to talk about it today um i wanted to also ask you how you feel as women as girls when you hear such a story do you think about maybe your own like your own ways home when you you know have to leave from parties or something that does it trigger you know some sort of like insecurity feeling when you hear a story like this um yeah i mean it makes you really scared because i mean sarah she did everything right i mean you can't even blame her for I mean, you know, there's always going to be people who are going to blame the victim. But, Mm. I mean, she did nothing wrong. She was wearing bright clothes. She was even wearing running shoes. She was texting her boyfriend. Um, But it's like no matter what you do, I mean, you can't, you can never be sure. And that's what you can, you feel like you're never going to be safe, really. Because if Mm. it happens to Sarah, it might as well happen to me. So, Mm. um, yeah, you don't really want to walk home now (laughs) anymore by yourself. Can Um, I ask a question that might be a little bit out of place but like we as of now we don't know what kind of so this now we're getting to the sensitive point but do we know what happened her remains were found but mm-hmm. do we know if she was uh, sexually assaulted like chopped down like what kind of was it a hate crime like was it a do we know anything about this i don't know if you maybe do maybe you're more informed but um, i just i just don't so i would like to maybe not go into that before i start uh, you know yeah, spreading yeah. fake news or something yeah yeah, yeah. Um, okay I mean, I read several sources, but there were nothing de- in detail. Just yeah. that she was mm-hmm. found, and that's it. Like okay. in a in somewhere in the woods, and n- no more than that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would like to get into um, a bit more into the post that I initially talked about. This unread uh, WhatsApp message that said, "Text me when you get home," and then the you know not blue. Uh, uh, unseen. Unseen, yeah. So um, it, this was actually a post that was made by influencer Lucy Mountain. And she wrote in the caption that um, the deep sense of connection is one of fear. We have all shared our life location. We've all changed our shoes. We've all held our keys between our fingers. We've all made phone calls, both real and fake ones. We have all tucked in our hair inside our coats and we have all run down dark roads. We have all theorized our escape routes. And um, I read that and like just now before uh, you also said like she did everything right. Like Mm. she was even wearing this kind of shoes and she was wearing bright clothes. And I think this is like insane how we like even though we know that you know it's not our fault if you know if anyone decides to kind of you know kidnap a woman Mm. but it's still like you know we have this kind of belief that you know 
it's certain things we need to do like we need to be safe by like we need to be prepared we need to be ready to run we need to know where to run maybe as well so i i just feel like also the caption she chose was uh one that we could relate to because we know all maybe have felt that fear and uh i definitely relate to i've done all of those things. i have also mm -hmm. done sure, all of yeah. that mm -hmm. things um and yeah so which is also like really annoying because yeah. it's it's the thing like doing everything right for your own survival but you shouldn't have to right and, yeah. and it's obvious we shouldn't have to but it's it's you, you can't help it like because you also protect mm -hmm. yourself sort of yeah. it's just it's really really fucking annoying yeah i feel that you know it led me to the question that i wonder like how like how do we start doing this like who tells us to is it is it just a mechanism we develop ourselves or are we told by our parents like did our parents tell us you know like you know only walk on the, like, like you know have your keys ready like because in, if you just think about it imagine your mom tells you like you know be be ready to you know box someone or something mm. yeah please for uh, i actually did a uh, when i was working um i i cannot say which place it was but i was working in some place and i had to take a course uh, mm -hmm. to be able to work there it was like an online course where you have to look at videos and answer questions and stuff and one was about self-security like protecting yourself and they were literally like the things you had to do were typically these kind of things or like when you go out from the bar if you see someone uh, on the same street mm -hmm. as you at night cross over and like observe how the person is behaving and like don't you know don't talk to strangers keep your hands and your keys in your hands and stuff mm. and that that was like an official like this is how you protect yourself mm. from a, like and it was a company that told me to do this so there's like one one way you could get that kind of information uh but i always i mean the keys i i actually saw a, a commercial um no it was an ad or video i can't really remember it was online anyway Uh, and it was a it was a video of a, a girl who said that she walks her home with something. It basically looks like a, a knuckle iron thingy, mm -hmm. you know, one of those. Mm -hmm. But uh, but a cat, so it was cute. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you I know? think I, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, and it was sort of a knife, kind of like it was pointy or so. Like yeah. the ears of the cat yeah. was really pointy. Um, and I was considering, like, I was thinking about that thing, and I was yeah thinking about how I walk with my keys in my hand. But it, would it be? It's like, say I come into a situation where I would actually have to use this. Mm. Who is the who is the assailant? Yeah. Because I might kill someone with the weapon, you know. Whilst it feels like the keys are more reassuring for myself, feel safe kind of thing. Like, okay, I'm ready. But honestly, if somebody attacked me with a knife when I'm holding my keys, I probably won't mm. win anyway, mm. you know. I really, like, it. I relate to that to everything that you said but also everything that was in that post um so much because i see it as like an unreflected practice even like you know i just do it because it seems like this is normal but it shouldn't be normal like it should not be necessary for us to feel like this so yeah and then i don't even want to go into that like the like you know imagining what would happen if you actually would use it and then you know would you be you know blamed to be the aggressive girl that you know did it um even though it wasn't dangerous or something because you know maybe it was just something that wanted to be you know hitting on you but, but isn't it, wasn't it the argument sorry isn't it the mm. argument like the police officers that carry guns like they were like oh he looked like a threat so yeah. i shot so i shot mm. him yeah mm. and then you're safe sort yeah. of because you're that's probably that's probably like a whole 
a whole different angle you yeah, can yeah, take yeah. there. <laughs> Maybe we, we do one on, you know, again soon here. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you as well, do you use that text when uh, you, I don't know, leave parties or you're with your friends? Do you, um, is it a practice you use, like asking them, text me when you get home and then actually waiting until they text? Um, yeah, yeah, I have used it several times, but sometimes, and I, I feel like it's mostly because of, especially if you have a friend that's like uh, lives by herself mm. or maybe doesn't have anyone at home waiting for her mm. and then if you sometimes don't text her and you and you think like if something happened like I would so blame myself for this mm. and uh, like is and sometimes you panic and you text the next and like are did you make it home mm. and they're like yes I just got stuck on nine gang yeah <laughs> yeah exactly I mean I feel like so many times when some my friends text me that I so often forget And mm. uh, especially when you're like maybe went to a party and you're a bit, bit drunk, of course you go home and you kind of just go to bed immediately. And then, uh, yeah, and then your friends also call you being super worried. But yeah, I I try to think like nothing bad has happened. Maybe she just forgot, but you still have like this like bad feeling, you know, mm. uh, which is, yeah, kind of fucked up. <laughs> it mm. definitely is. I think I do it reluctantly sometimes. Like yeah. to tell tell me when you get home, but I, I say reluctant reluctantly because of the this like the, what, what we've been talking about like that we shouldn't have to, um, and I try to tell myself that uh, like it's my mom actually we 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 <laughs> have a relationship where she, we don't talk so much but she reason her reasoning is that if something happens then she will know about it like if if, if there's an like a lot of missed calls then something happened right. Um, mm. Which I, I mean, it would be it wouldn't be in your power if your friend if something happened to your friend when going home, you you can't really do much, mm. right? Um, unfortunately, but and also like the I would have to be drunk to tell someone call me when you get home, because I would have it gotten into really this nervous like state. I adopted as as a practice actually only here in Sweden. Like my friends at home would never do this, which might be you know because I was from a tiny city and it was really supposedly saved there a lot of shit also happened there mm. so um it's no it, it, you you can never be sure of that something is safe mm. um and the size of the city doesn't matter uh, but it was something i adopted here because i had international friends here in, in gothenburg that actually would you know text me this a lot and then you just kind of you know it becomes like a goodbye text mm. you know like it's like yeah. text me when you get home and then you feel kind of nicely taken care of even if that maybe wouldn't change the situation either but you feel like someone actually cares about you making it safe somewhere which gives you a good feeling but yeah it's um, but for me it develops more the paranoia effect yeah, it has maybe. another effect for me mm. yeah that's interesting actually yeah And this is still the show about nothing with uh, Fatima, Alexandra and Marie today. Uh, we are talking about the female perspective on women's society, women's security in <laughs> society. Difficult words for me today. Um, we just covered the case uh, of Sarah Everard in uh, South London that was... Um, Yeah, kidnapped on her way home and we've been talking about the viral social media movement around it with a hashtag um, text me when you get home and I'd like to touch a little bit more on the international media response so we already said that there was this uh, yeah, several trending hashtags on different social media channels but what also happened was and I think this is even more important 
that women around the world retweeted, reshared posts around this issue and also started sharing their own stories and experiences around the yeah, around uh, this topic and around their own yeah, practices that they actually, I don't know, use to feel safe when they walk home. And uh, I've already read out some of the safety practices that are, I don't know, considered to be the functional ones. I was just going to repeat them. Uh, it was mentioned that women are holding keys between their fingers. Uh, they're changing the side of the street when they walk home to check if someone is actually following them, if there's someone, you know, on the street behind them. Uh, they're calling friends or partners. Uh, sometimes they might just pretend to call someone just to be, you know, talking and feeling more comfortable. Mm. Uh, you might end up running just to, you know, bring some distance between you and other people on the streets. And uh, I've been myself also sharing my life location. So um, have you guys ever uh, used the because there are actually like official numbers you can mm -hmm, call. Yeah. Have you ever used those mm -hmm. lines like you? Um, I don't know if it's uh, Kvinnofridslinjen or you, I know there was also when I was younger there was a number for Bris which is like Barnes Rett i Samhället or like mm -hmm. the, the kids where you can call and just, just to have someone on the phone with mm -hmm. you when you're walking like say you're walking home late and you don't have anyone to call you can call Kvinnofridslinjen um, Actually didn't know that at all <laughs> That is like it's interesting we we should know it right? Yeah like, uh, we well, shouldn't have to. Mm. No, yeah, of mm -hmm. course. But like yeah. knowing that it exists. Yeah. Um, I have I have called you a have? number like this, not in Sweden, but in Germany. And it was like it was not a real person. It was like a automated machine. But they were connected to, you know, in terms of emergency, you would actually be able to, you know, really quickly get a person. And ah. it was more for you to feel safe. Like it was, you would share your life location mm. while talking to that number. And then they would just ask you questions that you would answer that would, you know, give anyone that might be following you actually the impression of someone is really aware of where she is. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that might, you know, scare them away to actually interact with you because they know that someone is, you know, aware and listening, so they wouldn't do anything. Ah. And there was, yeah, it was like, hey, uh, when will you be home? Th then, you know, the yeah. voice would ask you and then you would be like, hey, I'm just on that on that street. I will be home in 15 minutes. Uh, mm. And then, you know, this voice would say like, yeah, I'm waiting for you with, I don't know, like uh, dinner or something. And then... That's yeah. actually because it would make I, you feel good. Yeah, and also because I think uh, in my own like I'm just imagining now because I don't remember if I actually called one of these numbers or not. But it feels since it's like a system that is put in place that if something actually happened, then the response would be more immediate than mm. if I called a friend and then my friend will just panic and be like oh my god what yeah, do i do yeah, yeah. you know uh but here there's actually like okay a system and police mm. will get uh, uh, contact directly or so i actually have also like i don't know but on my phone for example there's this thing um like if i press my power button three times yeah. it will start recording and it will s and you put like some contacts on this list and it will send like an SOS message to yeah. <laughs> those people. Yeah. And uh, also like your GPS location and it will record and everything. But it's a bit funny because I have misused it so many times. Because yeah. sometimes <laughs> yeah. I'm walking and I just want to 
press the volume down on my music or up and yeah. I just press three times and I accidentally send like this as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gotten I received those uh, I think I've received it two or three times from my ex-boyfriend as well. Um and he uh, and in it, it's it's so recurrent that I now when I get it I don't even think anything's happening. I'm mm. like cuz I'm like, I'm just waiting for the sorry it was a mistake yeah, exactly. or a message. <laughs> But it's still a really nice function, yeah, like I think so especially too. the recording. And I also think it takes photos. Like sometimes I get yeah, a weird exactly. photo with yeah, it. like with <laughs> the chain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's quite <laughs> hilarious, actually. It's it's nice to to know that there are those features in phones. I think especially nowadays in society. There's like a lot of situations that, you know, maybe it's possible to solve a crime or something because we all have our phones on us and we all have the ability to, you know, record something and protect ourselves maybe by, you know, recording something because it can also be used as evidence later. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. But I, like, I, I don't know how to feel about these things because, I mean, mm. it's if we are to have like security measures put in place then it's better to have something that's actually functional like this emergency thing or like these hotlines that you can call um whilst like i said like for holding the keys in my hand is more like for psychological reassurance for mm -hmm. myself rather than something like something really function functioning yeah. mm -hmm. should anything happen uh but i also like i feel so split like i don't want us to need it yeah. but i also yeah. would feel reassured if i had it so like what I don't know how to feel about it. I, I understand. I mean, I think it, it's good that they exist, but uh, what is important is that there we should never be like in need of using them. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of work that should be done uh, in order to, you know, maybe educate men or educate the in entire society more around this issue. So yeah. I think this international media response is actually going in the right direction. I know we've been talking about topics like this in the years before as well, maybe following up the whole Me Too debate. There was a lot of you know women that finally felt empowered to actually go to public with mm. their stories mm. and their you know, ex yeah, unfortunately sad and, you know, sexual harassment stories as well. But like, I think that's what's good around this issue now is that not only you and me as, you know, maybe average basic, I don't want, no, we are not basic. <laughs> we're <but> basic. <laughs> we're not basic, we're special. <laughs> but like people like you and me are starting to share their stories, but also people in power and women in power positions and like politicians and women that actually have a voice, they're using it now. And I think that actually influences research. So I know that there have been surveys made now just like right after the incident that were just you know starting in the UK asking women like how do you actually feel and this is all leading to the fact that we all have maybe hopefully more awareness around the issue and this might already help to you know change yeah change that this is not happening that often maybe. Um, talking about um, education and like personally I feel like in this recent recent years um, I've learned that some of my personal experiences have like that I might not have seen or like forgotten or just brushed off as someone being rude actually are like aggressive aggression or or like um I I just personally feel like this time is a time where we are getting educated even if it might yeah. be slowly and not just talking about men or women like I am mm. a woman uh, I and I have had experiences and I'm also realizing what these experiences have done to me or or so which i i didn't just like five years ago i was like oh no this is probably my fault or something mm -hmm. i put myself in a situation but no you know 
Mm. So I also, uh, through these women raising their voices or like through me too, you get, you feel empowered in a way, even though you're not, like I didn't necessarily take part in it. Mm. There's a BBC article uh, with women sharing some reactions to these um to, they share their fears of walking home alone like they're just commenting on what happened to Sarah Everard and there's like um, different takes really on um, I mean women we kind of talk of women as one but people have different uh, perceptions and experiences mm-hmm. and um, there was uh, one uh, one woman called Grace Jessup she said I learned from a very young age that I would have to change my behavior in order to keep myself safe for mm-hmm. example and another one said we're also kind of sick of the fact that this is a shock to men Mm. Um, this has been my reality since I was 14 walking down uh, the road in a school uniform and being harassed by passers-by and that feels like everyone has had that someone Mm. catcalling like relating to that and the fact that it happened like now I don't know if that's going to stay like this but like the fact that a police officer is actually accused of it is like Mm. influencing your trust into like the system as in like you know the person who's supposed to keep you safe uh, yeah how does it affect us I mean Mm. I was imagining if he would just came up to if he came up to her and like oh I can give you a ride home this isn't a safe favorite area and I mean she was so careful she probably thought yeah I mean better that than like walking home alone and I mean yeah oh, it gives me goosebumps right now here <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah did you have anything else you yeah to I share? just one more I'm in, uh, I think is quite interesting uh, it says uh, I'm really shocked at myself actually how I didn't initially see the missing posters and take it seriously I think maybe I've been desensitized to it which is also interesting like um as uh, women we know these things and we mm-hmm. hear about it a lot that it, it almost just becomes part of a normality like okay it mm-hmm. happened again or okay you know which is uh, a mm-hmm. danger in itself and very sad i'd say as i said before we are joined by my co-host fatima our guest alex Myself, Marie, and right now in the line for you, we have Belen, or the friend that always brings up feminism in any conversation. She is calling in all the way from Umeå, and we would like to give her a very warm welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) How are you feeling today? I I don't know. I think I'm fine. I just uh, came out of a grammar exam. And oh. uh, my teacher is very mean, mm. but I think I'm over that. <laughs> oh, it's like well. an old, old English posh knob. Person. I don't like her. Sorry, this mm-hmm. is wrong. You'd have to correct yeah. this. <laughs> no, but honestly, she speaks like that. Like uh, <laughs> for a second, I was like, "Is she on the on the line?" Yeah, it's um, yeah, so. but uh, it's okay. Because I made a friend through hating her. Ah, nice. Oh, cool. it's, it's always good to have a common enemy. Um, <laughs> but you yeah. said you did a grammar exam. So can I ask you what you what what's your background like? Is you are you just like fascinated by grammar, or are you involved in studying something <laughs> with language? Okay, so my background is a bit uh, weird because I studied studying biology back in Spain, where I'm from, mm-hmm. and I did my bachelor's there and on the last year I came to Umeå on uh, exchange 
and uh, then somehow I've been in Umeå since 2015, so it's been six years now. Hmm. But I'm not studying biology anymore because I started doing a master's in molecular biology. And when I was almost done, I was like, you know what? I don't like this. So I'm going to change. Uh, but then the pandemic hit. So I didn't really know what to do. And I thought, oh, well, if uh, every university is on like distance hmm. studying now, I can just pick a few um, courses and things that interest me and see what happens. So I picked up uh, a course from Telefon Hörschule, that's just called English A. Okay. So it's basic English and you have grammar, linguistics, uh, literature and culture. Oh, uh, I love, like those are, that's my domain. I, I do, uh, I've done a lot of language studies as well and I love it. Mm. Linguistics is... Yeah, I mean, mm. I'm just regretting all my previous decisions because I'm liking it so much. Yeah. Like my homework is reading a book. Yeah. And then talking about it. Yeah. I think it's, insane. it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, you already have an ally here in the studio. Really Woo-hoo! nice. I think it's also fitting yeah. really well with what we would like you to talk about yeah. today. Um, we knew you would be, uh, the person for language, so to say. And, uh, <laughs> after we've been talking about, uh, women feeling unsafe when walking home and the viral post of text me when you get home that was trending the last weeks in social media. Yeah. We would like to move a little bit into the language aspect of sexual assault and uh, trials around it. And to get us started, I've been looking up a survey that was done by YouGov uh, that found out that almost all young women in the UK have been sexually harassed. And more than a thousand women were asked for that study. And uh, yeah, so the discussion point was that should we be having a headline like this, like all women have been harassed, or should we actually talk about men have sexually harassed almost all young women in the UK? So going a little bit into this, um, yeah, active and passive reporting style. Yeah. And uh, yeah, do you have any initial opinions about this? I have many opinions, Mary, don't worry. Share, please share. (laughs) (laughs) I got coffee. It's not Corona, guys, I'm fine. Um, okay. So I think there are two very important language aspects to how we talk about assault or raping and, or harassment in general. I think for once the, the perspective has to shift, as you said. Should we mm-hmm. be reporting on 80, how much is it? 97% of young women between the ages of 18 and 24 have been sexually harassed. Mm. then is it really uh like why is the focus i mean the focus has to be on the women but why aren't we why are we so concerned about sexing women walking alone home mm. and why is it always that your parents are like come together with your friends and uh, uh bring me if you're gonna come home alone and why isn't the focus on teaching men how to behave Mm. Yeah, it's so a think, good point. We've we've touched upon the term victim victim shaming uh, earlier yeah. in the show today, yeah. and this yeah. for me personally goes kind of hand in hand. If you yeah. always, you know, if you go into yeah, like women have been assaulted, but like talk about the doer, like they have been done yeah. to by another person. Yeah. So I think it was particularly awful that in this in this last case 
uh, in the UK mm-hmm. that you guys were talking about before. I think it's particularly awful that one of the suspects is a policeman. Mm. I mean, I think it's been shown in the in the current climate that uh, police can be trusted um, with the Black Lives Matter movement mainly, but mm-hmm. in general, like uh, also in Spain, there has been a lot of uh, turmoil around the police mm-hmm. and and how they abuse the power. But in the end, it always comes back to abuse of power. Mm-hmm. Men know that they are physically more powerful than women and they always use that to scare us yeah so i think yeah the focus should be shifted i i don't want to go to craft maga lessons to learn uh-huh. how to defend myself if a guy uh, grabs me by the arm in the street mm, yeah. i i just want men to know that they have to stop doing that and they are in no way entitled to do that to us in yeah. any shape or form You you touch upon an interesting aspect that I would like to follow up. You you mentioned the like the system, the police officer, and uh, you know maybe that leads to us you know having even more mistrust into uh, yeah the, the the system as the police if we know that you know one part of this system has actually done something really horrible. And the survey that I mentioned uh, found that 96% of women that actually have been sexually harassed. Uh, didn't report on their sexual harassment and the reason for that not reporting was that uh, 45 of this uh, 69 uh, 96% actually said that it wouldn't change anything so yeah. you know they wouldn't be taken serious um, if they reported it and uh, so what I want to ask is like why why do you think women don't report when they've been assaulted Is it just again, because we don't get taken oh, serious sorry. or... No, go ahead. <laughs> again, it's a matter of focus. Because mm. when you go to the police to report these kinds of happenings, the focus, again, is immense. Mm. You know, like, oh, this is a very serious accusation. You could ruin his life. Okay, but what about my life that's been already ruined by him? Why is his life more important than mine? And why do I have to go through all of these thresholds in order to report something that's clearly affected me and upset me. But I don't think I don't think this particularly happens only when you go report it to the police. Mm-hmm. I think it also happens when you talk about it with friends. Mm-hmm. Like if you say the words I think I've been raped or I was raped last night and then you tell your friends what happened exactly, it can happen that oh but don't say rape that's not rape, you know, that's just, mm. uh, you seem to want it by what you're telling me, you seem to want to sleep with him, so I just don't think that's rape. And mm. um, see, I think that, like, we can start there, right? Just let your friend or the person that's telling you what has happened to them decide how they want to name what has happened. Like, the focus is not on you. Your job is to listen and try to help in any way. Because sometimes, now we go back to going to the police. Mm-hmm. But going to the police in itself can be so much more traumatic than the the fact that you've been raped or assaulted or abused or whatever word you want to use. I actually think, I just came up with this, maybe we should come up with like a word that is like an umbrella term for all of these terms. 
Mm-hmm. Right? You don't have to define your assault in any way. You can just say, my assault is under this umbrella. And, uh, yeah, and yeah. I, I don't so, want like, to define it. I just feel I feel violated. I feel like insecure. I feel like I have been broken somehow. Hmm. Like uh, not avocado, avocado, but something that makes you also not have to go into detail because maybe you're majorly yeah. traumatized as well by it. That's actually a really uh, good recommendation, I think. And also, mm-hmm. I really like that you. Uh, bring up the fact that listening is really in 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 place like we all need to listen more so can i comment yes um, please. i feel like um like this listening thing i don't i mean of course we're talking about sexual assault and like female like women's struggles um with within like with sexual harassment and just but i feel like maybe it's more um about just acknowledging and respecting people in general and women of course who are like the i mean a lot of people are subdued uh, and suffering from di- for different reasons but I, i i just wanted to pull a connection to uh like for example women going to uh, the doctors to talk oh. about um any issues they might have Uh, especially mental issues like if you're struggling psychologically it's very difficult it's more difficult for women to be heard or taken seriously um so it feels like it's not just like when it comes to sexual assault but it feels like this there's this constant uh, uphill battle to be taken seriously on any matter when when you're a woman and mm. and when it comes to doctors or going to the police there's obviously already like this you mentioned power and like there's a very strong power imbalance because you need something from these people mm-hmm. um whether it be the police or the or the hospital so i feel like yeah i mean yeah i have sorry no no you sorry, go, go. um i i talk about it a lot actually that i always have struggles when i go to the gynecologist Yeah. <laughs> like, can you please listen to me? Because <laughs> I, I have a few, like, reproductive issues, reproductive system issues, sorry. Mm. Um, and I, and every time I just go to the doctor and like, nah, but you just have to take the pill and the fine and you'll be fine with it. And just mm. take it. And then you try to ask for alternatives and they go, Nah, this is like the only thing that's really gonna work for you. Yeah. I'm like, you've, you've known me for five minutes, can you please? Yeah. <laughs> But it is, we have to take into account that despite of sucking so much, yeah. women were not even considered to be sentient beings until very recently. Yeah. Mm. So like, we were, we were not smart. We were, yeah, we were just, um, uh, an accessory. Uterus. Yeah. I, I'd like to, to do. Like, push babies out i i like to do a little like uh, audio commentary here on like i'm I'm really looking into two very concerned faces <laughs> in the studio right now mm-hmm. um and uh, i'd also like to connect to what you said once again i've been coming across this morning actually around the fact that uh, you know corona vaccines uh, by astrazeneca mm-hmm. they have now been like uh yeah they stopped vaccinating people in germany with the astrazeneca vaccine because uh studies have found that uh six out of a million people have you know thrombosis uh and gotten it by the uh, uh vaccine but then you know 1200 women in a million get mm. the same effects by taking the birth control pill and when you s- just look at those numbers 
uh, you, you, I just got mad. I just got mad <laughs> and I felt not taken seriously as like a, a person representing my gender. And it, it made me rage yeah. a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I was told once by uh, a random guy, mm -hmm. not all men, but many of the men. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was like, you know, I just don't think that the feminists uh, should get mad mm -hmm. because they're not going to convince anyone by getting mad only. And I was just thinking to myself, how are we not going to be mad? <laughs> there is this, there are all these things that are happening around us every day. You realize more and more that we just don't count as much as the other half of the population. And it's just so enraging. Mm -hmm. But and I also, I, mean, yeah. so I also think that there's like, I, I don't remember, I was listening to some, something, um, with regards to uh, extremism. Um, oh. Not, I don't want to put um, equal signs between feminism and extremism, not at all, but uh, about raging and being angry because um, there was someone said that if you don't uh, have the extremes of uh, like somebody getting super mad, like for example, uh, like take the suffragettes for example that really fought and were very vi like violent was it is not aggressive. the right word but aggressive and loud, um, then we we wouldn't have come to some sort of middle ground like meeting is somewhere and like meeting somewhere also sounds weird when you're talking about voting rights but like we need people to get really loud and angry mm -hmm. because we're not going to be able to move forward and talk about things if we don't hear about them right mm -hmm. yes yeah. Yeah. i mean and i think there are spaces for any kind of militants that you want to do because mm. it's true that there are people that are not going to respond well to you being aggressive or violent yeah so mm -hmm. then you you can use a different approach with those people but other people only respond to that so i think we can like there is a feminist for every flavor i think it can be like uh we go back to the fact of uh not such a thing as a fat feminist you can just choose choose your weapon choose your flavor as long as you're up for equality, we're all in the same fight, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was actually a very good kind of ending point. We're running a little bit uh, short on our uh, yeah airtime here. Yeah. So oh. we'd like to uh, yeah thank you a lot thank for so taking the time to be on the show. Um, do you have a last thank comment you. that you still want to shoot out there to our listeners? I just want, if you're interested in how uh, being a cultist feels and what it can do to your head, I really recommend watching I May Destroy You, which is a series that's on HBO, mm -hmm. and it's made by Michaela Cole, Michaela Cole, and she is amazing, and I really, I really recommend the series. It is, I mean, trigger warning before you start watching it. Mm -hmm. I actually haven't finished it because I just physically could not, but it touches upon all of these all of these topics and I think that if you're interested about you know perspective on sexual assault then you should definitely watch this series. Okay, can you repeat the title again? I may destroy you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Belen. Thank you for this uh, tip of the day. Uh, we'll be in touch and uh, have a great continuation of your day. <laughs> Thank you. Likewise guys. It's uh, Gothamook Student Radio K103 and the show about nothing coming to an end, actually. We've been talking about the female perspective on women's security in society. I still don't get it out just straight. Um, 
Yeah, I was joined by Fatima, who unfortunately had to leave us right now. And uh, I'm still here with Alexandra, our guest. Um, before the song, we've been listening uh, to Belen calling in. She's been sharing some nice uh, insights on, yeah, on on series you can watch about how it feels to be assaulted, but also on the uh, language perspective on how to report and how to talk about, uh, yeah, assault. I would say. Yeah, we, we we would like to just give some final recommendations maybe on uh, to to the opposite gender uh, and maybe not only to the opposite gender, but to like anyone uh, to help us feel a bit better in society. So uh, do you have any tips what you would recommend? Um, I think um, maybe most of all, I, I guess the the men that say not all men, maybe they're usually the men that maybe not do anything, but mm -hmm. at the same time, there might be the men who who kind of ignore or laugh at their friend making a sexist joke or slut shaming or whatever. Mm -hmm. So just be vocal about it and like call out your friends when you see it. Um, just help out in that way. I think that's most important and that's one way to go. Really good point. I also would say that raising awareness um, is one thing that we all can do. If, if it's talking to our friends, if it's uh, talking to our sons or partners or whoever is around us, just, you know, raising awareness, uh, sharing stories and, you know, making people aware of what's going on and how many women maybe feel insecure when they're walking home. And yeah, you've touched upon it. Like not every guy is a rapist. We also know this. We never meant to, <laughs> uh, to <laughs> pretend that everyone is, uh, but uh, I found this very uh, good post, which was it like if you eat a box of like if you buy a box of chocolate candy and you know that one is a piece of poop that's actually covered in chocolate, you're going to be scared of all the chocolate drops in that box. And maybe that's how we see it with guys like maybe one in like a lot of them might mm. be an, an, an sexual like assaulter or aggressor. Mm. But, you know, you got to take all of them carefully then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ending on that note, uh, our tip of the day is, yeah, raise awareness about the issue of sexual assault and also listen to people if they actually take the courage to speak up. That was this uh, from us today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for coming into the studio and being with us today. Thank Alexandra. you for having me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, do the usual, guys. Check out our socials, Instagram, showaboutnothing underscore K103 and listen to other episodes. We wish you a nice continuation of your day and hope you tune in again. Goodbye. Oh my God, we're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Useless. <laughs> Let's try that again. Thank God this isn't live. You've just heard a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. You'll find all our shows at k103.se. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Stay tuned.